A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So hello, everybody. Welcome along. It is Wednesday. You've waited a whole seven days for a brand new episode of the Euro Trip. Well, unless you listened yesterday to last week's and then you've got two in a row, which is which is a lovely little treat for you. Anyway, here we are with your latest dose of all the latest news from the world of Eurovision. Uh, we'll be catching up with a 2021 artist later on. Uh, but first, let me thank many of you for your interest in the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake of 2021. Yeah, indeed. Loads of you have been getting in touch, throwing your names into the mix, your names into the hat, to try and win something very special. Now, in a typical sweepstake, we must admit, you may well win a significant monetary figure. Not on the Eurotrip, though. We're a bit stingy, and we've done things a little bit differently, and we're going to give away some sort, some sort, of Eurovision memorabilia. We've not figured it out just yet, but it's safe to say... It'll be something that you can't get your hands on anywhere else. How very tantalising. Yeah, we're currently in the uh, in the planning stages of, of trying to secure you the best possible prize to the winner of the Eurotrips Eurovision Sweepstake 2021. Now, you may be wondering, how do I get involved? It's very, very simple. If you want in on our sweepstake, it doesn't cost you any money. All you need to do is tweet us hello at eurotrippodcast.com with your Twitter handle and your name. That'd be helpful, although it's probably in your email address. And uh, and tell us that you want to take part. That's all we need to know. We've had plenty of you getting in touch already, saying that you want your place. So places already secured for, I'm just going to read a few of them, uh, Paul, Tim, Martin, Alan, Sophie, Joseph, Michael, they've all been in touch. They want in on the sweepstake. They're already in, but you can join them. Absolutely. So not what Rob said earlier on when he said, tweet us and then our email address. What you do, in fact, have to do is email us, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. That will not be the only mistake of this podcast. I assure you, there will probably be plenty more mistakes still to come, but you enjoy it all the same. And uh, just so we can get to those mistakes... Sooner rather than later, it's time for the Euro trip. As Jon Alassandro always said, take it away. After Hilversum, Amsterdam and The Hague, the festival is going to make its home in Rotterdam. I really hope that, you know, you will enjoy the show this year. I want to send a message to all the people. Join us on the dark side. Let's have a party in Rotterdam. I'm Rambo Amadeus. Hi, my name is Andrus Mamontovas. Hello, my name is Sana Nielsen. I'm Paul Harrington. I am Charlie McGettigan, believe it or not. I'm Dave Benton, winner of the Eurovision 2001. Hey, I'm Eldar, the winner of Eurovision 2011. Hi, I'm Chris Gilfman. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. 
Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, representing Finland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest, Blind Channel. That's right, you heard from Albina from Croatia on the podcast last week. Well, now we have our next big interview with another of the class of Eurovision 2021. And it is everybody's favourite Finnish rock band. James, you had the privilege of having a chat to them this week. I certainly did. Both Nico and Joel from the band. Of course, you may remember Rob spoke to Nico from Blind Channel a few weeks ago here on the Eurotrip as they were preparing to take part in UMK over in Finland. Well, of course, they won that competition rather convincingly, it has to be said. And now they are gearing up for Eurovision in Rotterdam. And one of the things that they will have to be doing is spending a lot of time in their hotel room. And you get this little nugget about what they will be doing in their spare time. We're going to make an album. Yeah. You're going to make an album while you're, while you're waiting around? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's a waste of time. We have yeah. to grind. We, we need to work. That's why I'm not a musician then, isn't it? If I was a mu- musician, I wouldn't I wouldn't last very long, would I? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, yeah. Now that is very productive. So fair play to the lads from Blind Channel. It sounds like they're going to be very busy when they're not rehearsing on the stage in Rotterdam. Talking of Rotterdam, the best-named feature in podcast land returns. The Eurotrip's road trip to Rotterdam. No, I've got it wrong. The Eurotrip's road, Rotterdam road trip. What am I doing? There's words. Something like that. Let's carry on. Anyway, you know what I mean. Anyway, we'll be heading back to Rotterdam. We'll be chatting to uh, Rita Schremer, who's a sociologist there, finding out all about what's going on in the city. And uh, there's a lad called Connor from Ireland on as well. You'll find out why later on. You certainly will. You are listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right, here we are, as we've said already, it is Wednesday, if you're listening, on the day of this podcast's release. It is great to have you with us, we love knowing that you're out there listening, so please do let us know on social media. We'll be reading out some of your tweets in just a second, but before we do that, I feel like I didn't give Connor from Ireland his uh, his true showcase. I didn't sell him enough in the opener there. Uh, Connor, you may know him as ESC Connor from Twitter. Yeah, you see what he's done there. Uh, He joined us earlier on in the week because he is an Irish Eurovision fan who had the chance, the opportunity, and did so to make Leslie Roy's official lyric video for the Eurovision Song Contest. So we find out how that came about later on in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I mentioned it there. Loads of you, as ever, have been getting in touch. Absolutely. Uh, as Rob says, you can get in touch with us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. Or to send us a, a longer message, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. That is, of course, the same email address to get in touch if you want to take part in our sweepstake this year. But yeah, you've been getting in touch with us, as you always do. It's lovely to have all of your messages. Uh, we had two episodes coming your way last week, of course, the usual episode of the Eurotrip. And Rob, the exclusive interview with Krista Bjorkman. Oh, me and Krista, man. I I miss him still. I still miss him. It's been a couple of weeks since me and Krista caught up over, well, I had a glass of water. He had a wine. We touched on this last week. He was he was drinking in the in the early afternoon sun there in Stockholm. But I I don't resent him for that. I, I wished that I had been him. He looked like he was having a lovely old, uh, lovely old bottle. And given that it's Krista as well, I can't imagine it was a cheap one. Anyway, no, I don't think it was either. But I did throw it to you to try and get some uh, some messages from our listeners read out. If you want to do that, that would be grand. Oh, that's what you wanted me to do. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, well, indeed, quite. Uh, we know already that loads of you love that interview. We've had plenty of you getting in touch. Uh, Marco was one of those. Uh, thank you so much for tweeting us. Uh, Marco said, loved the interview. It was so interesting. I just found your podcast and I can't wait to listen to every episode which should mean, Marco, that you're listening right now. If you are, here's a bespoke little hello for you. Uh, It's great to have you along. And uh, if you are just like Marco, if you've just found our podcast, please do make sure you're telling other people about our podcast as well, because, you know, we want to expand this lovely little little audience that we have. It's great to have you with us. And and also, of course, moving on, we had our, our usual episode on Wednesday, as uh, as we do again this week. That's what you're listening to. I'm rambling on, aren't I? <laughs> anyway, Michael got in touch uh, to say, uh, James Rowe hasn't stayed in a hotel room with a freezer in it. 
This is truly the Eurotrip Podcast scandal of the week. Uh, if you don't know what Michael's talking about, uh, I asked Albina what she was uh, looking forward to in Rotterdam, because obviously, as we know, got to, stand, got to spend a lot of time in their hotel rooms. And uh, she said she's looking forward to eating ice cream. And I was very concerned that the ice cream would probably melt by the time that she got from Croatia to Rotterdam. But apparently, we've never heard of a freezer in a hotel room, and yet Michael has. So Michael, if you have any contact for a... Uh... A hotel room with a freezer in it, just for me and Rob to see it. Do you let us know? Is we that what we're do. sorry? Is that what we're doing? We're just t- we're going to turn up at a hotel. We're <laughs> going to say, "I hear you've got a room with a freezer in it." We don't want to stay. We just want to check out the freezer, <laughs> and then we're going to go up to the room, look at the freezer, and then leave. That's what we're doing. The Eurotrip's big hotel freezer review is what the listeners are going to look forward to over the summer. Yeah, that killer content between contests. Look forward to that. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, very quickly for me as well, uh, on uh, Twitter, at Eurotrip Podcast, we don't just talk about the, the podcast itself. We do like to ask some fun questions and get you involved in some fun stuff. Uh, over the weekend, we asked, which two Eurovision artists, if you could, would you choose to do a collaboration? Uh, Jamie got in touch saying he would love to see Hatari and Verga doing a little collab. I must agree. I'd love to quite see that. And also Timmy said, I would like to see, this is a bit of a mouthful, uh, Alini Ferreira, Helena Paparizzu, and Elena, who's representing Cyprus this year, along with Serbia's Logo Logo. Did I get that quite right? That was about right, wasn't it? I mean, I'm not going to I'm not gonna correct you because I don't want to <laughs> say it myself. So yeah, sure. Absolutely. But yeah, we do all sorts of fun stuff like that over on the Twitter. So um, we normally do it on a Sunday, actually, if you want to mark your card. So normally check out the Eurotrip podcast on Twitter on a Sunday. We'll be asking you some sort of ridiculous question on there. So feel free to get involved. And actually, at the very start of this whole thing, uh, James mentioned if you had a longer message, you can get in touch with us on the email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Now, Neil got in touch with us at the start of March. And it wasn't until recently that I actually found his email. So Neil, apologies for that. He said, hi, guys, I've recently discovered your podcast and I'm enjoying them. Uh, And then he goes on to tell us all about Gemini at Eurovision, which is fantastic, which I think came from one of our previous interviews uh, a few weeks ago. But yeah, we found out all sorts of stuff. He was talking about the in-ear monitors and oh, it's a fascinating read. If only I could make it available, turn it into a small book. But thank you, Neil. Absolutely. Uh, so please do get in touch at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, hello at eurotrippodcast.com via email. But that's enough of that for one week. It's now time for this. There it is. Sticks around like a bad smell. That noise means that it's time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Because, of course, we are merely an indefinite number of weeks away from the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, no. We're not getting into what we did last week. Because I think last week we, at different times in the podcast, said it was eight, seven, I don't know, maybe even six weeks till the, to the actual event. So we won't mention how long it is to go. And it, it, might, it changes, doesn't it? Who knows when you're listening? Of course, it changes day by day. What I can say for certain, it is less than 50 days until the first semi-final. That I know for sure. And we'll leave it at that. Um, if, if you are listening intently, uh, by the way, listeners, you might not be able to hear this. You might be able to hear this. James, just want to fill us in what's happening behind you at the moment? Uh, yeah, there's some roadworks going on in my street. They're digging up the roads, putting some new internet in. Apologies. I've got no control over it. I did go out earlier and say I'm about to record uh, the world's biggest and most popular Eurovision podcast. But they said, I'm sorry, we've got some work to do. We can't stop. But... They said they preferred Aussie Vision, didn't they? Oh, dear me. Uh, shall I try and do some of this news then, despite all of the uh, the background interference? Yeah, if you reckon you can push on, yeah, let's uh, let's crack on. Let's do it. Uh, we'll start with the news that Belarus will not be competing in this year's contest after the broadcaster failed to submit a song which complies with the rules of the competition. Uh, there is 
as you'd expect, a lot more to that story, uh, which you can read all about on uvoir.com. Uh, the exclusion of Belarus means now that we have a confirmed lineup of 39 competing countries this year. Uh, following the completion of that entry list, we now have a semi-final running order for both of the shows. Lithuania and San Marino are opening their respective semi-finals with Malta and Denmark closing. Rob, very quickly, are there any standout performances in there that you want to make a note of? Uh, well, Denmark closing is quite the statement from the producers. I enjoy Denmark's song, as I know you do, so I'm not I'm not entirely against it. Um, but I would like to make a little note of this sequence of songs in semi-final two. So songs seven to nine, we can look forward to Natalia Gordienko's Sugar, Daddy Freya's Ten Years, and Hurricane's Loco Loco. So if you were thinking about popping to the loo, I would recommend you don't do it halfway through semi-final two. Absolutely not. I asked Rob a very quick question there and we got a lecture from him. You give him an inch, he takes a mile. What can you do? Anyway, uh, as we mentioned last week, Set Me Free, which is Eden Lang's song for Israel, has undergone a revamp this year, or in the last week, I should say. Let's take a listen to that. Set me free, Don't be cheeky this time, Rob. Very quickly, what do you think about that? Highest note at Eurovision ever, apparently. And we'll, uh, we'll let him check his sources for next week. Uh, Hoover Phonic, who are representing Belgium this year, have given their first live performance of The Wrong Place. Uh, they appeared on Dutch radio station NPO Radio 2 over the weekend. Uh, in other news, Krista Siegfrieds will be an integral part of Eurovision 2021 as she will be hosting an exclusive backstage series over on Eurovision's YouTube channel called Krista Calling, taking views behind the scenes of this year's contest. Uh, this show is in addition to the return of the Eurovision Song Celebration, which was announced at the Heads of Delegation meeting earlier this month. Uh, the show, which will be broadcast uh, a week after the grand final, also on the Eurovision YouTube channel, will honour the live on tape performances that each broadcaster is obliged to create this year. In terms of what we can expect from the contest itself, though, it's been announced that no less than six former winners will play a part in the interval act this year, with Dutch winners Lenny Kerr and Tichin, Belgium Sandra Kim, Helena Paparitsu from Greece, Lordi from Finland, and it wouldn't be Eurovision without him, Mons. They will all be performing on Dutch rooftops, because... Where else would you perform? Uh, and finally, uh, I will finish by telling you that uh, myself, Rob, and the team behind last year's edition of Eurojury have been working on something very, very exciting that we will be announcing later today. Today being Wednesday, of course. So keep your eyes peeled at U of War TV over on Twitter. How very, very exciting. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I, uh, I know what James is talking about and... Uh... I promise you, it is not an announcement of an announcement. It is an announcement worth waiting for. So uh, make sure you're around and, and go and check that out at Eurovoir TV on Twitter. But I have been the one making myself very, very busy with a couple of uh, extra interviews this week. And this was something I spied over on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, you may have seen his name out there. He's a big part of the Eurovision community, ESC Connor. He's an Irish Eurovision fan, part of... The group known, and this makes them sound quite mysterious, as the Irish Cousins. Who knows, maybe you're listening and you are a fellow member of the Irish Cousins. I like to think the Irish Cousins have got some sort of special handshake. Do you think they do? <laughs> yeah, they do. I bet you they shake hands seven times every time they meet. I was about to ask you why, and now I realise why. And yeah. realise that would have made me sound silly, but now I've brought attention to it myself, and I've yeah. sounded silly anyway. Yeah. My joke didn't really land. Shall we uh, Shall we move on from the embarrassment of both of us? Go on then. I enjoyed it though. That would make sense. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they do do that. Anyway, uh, yes. Uh, ESC Connor is part of the Irish Cousins. And I saw him tweet about the fact that he had been given the incredible opportunity to make and produce Leslie Roy's official lyric video for Maps, her entry at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. As we know, many people are loving Ireland's entry at this year's Eurovision. So that is an incredible opportunity 
for Connor, I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying this, just a, a general run-of-the-mill fan of the Eurovision Song Contest. So I thought, let's get him on the podcast. Let's find out how it happened. And that was my first question. Uh, well, it's a bit of a long story, but to keep it short, um, obviously, Leslie's very active on Twitter with interacting with fans. And she, um, since kind of last year, she's been in and out of DMs a lot. And um, I'm not too sure if you know, but there's a big group of Irish fans called the Irish Cousins. So she's been quite interactive with us uh, with kind of Zoom events and just messaging throughout the season and even throughout the summer on off Eurovision season. So it just kind of came through that. And when Maps was released, um, she... We wanted to make sure that it got as much exposure as possible. So uh, we kind of collectively decided to push this for radio. So we started a campaign called uh, Hashtag Maps on Radio. Um, I made some promo videos for social media, sent them on to her. She liked them, she used them, and she asked me for some uh, just general Spotify promos and stuff like that. So just kind of came through that and messages were going back and forth, back and forth. And then, yeah, then lyric video came out of it and the rest is history (laughs) (laughs) is this you know you mentioned there that you'd made the social videos for Leslie and that sort sort of thing is this something that you you've done before you know this is something you've got experience in doing uh no (laughs) not really (laughs) um editing videos and stuff like that but nothing kind of to this level um doing it in my own spare time making videos for friends my friend is a professional dancer so sometimes we team up and make shoots for competitions and stuff but nothing to the kind of degree of doing it for a Eurovision artist for their official lyric video nothing nothing like that and what's the reaction been like I mean it must have been amazing just to see how many people have been viewing stuff that you have made with your own fair hands yeah it's it's crazy and I kind of nearly have to pinch myself every so often to kind of think wow I've after me I've made that as well so um, no it's been fantastic and the reaction has been great and obviously keeping an eye on the views and stuff it's it's getting great reception and the likes as well and it's just it's fantastic and you know it's it's good personally but it's great to see that an Irish song is getting so well received because it's not usually something that is well received Ireland isn't really notorious known in recent years for fantastic songs so it's great to see that the workload that she put in has paid off so it's great to see that but personally yeah, it's it's fantastic and it's um it it's it still feels like a dream and it's hard to it's hard to believe that I've made that every time I, I kind of click onto I'm like god like that's 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 my work like it's crazy but um, yeah it's fun it's fantastic absolutely fantastic I wanted to talk to you about Leslie and the relationship she has with with you guys, with the Irish cousins, you know, with with you guys on the WhatsApp group, which is just amazing. You know, what's it like to have such access to your Eurovision artist and to have a, a Eurovision artist so willing to to interact with you and to just to be in regular, you know, sort of contact with you guys? It's strange, you know, because we're not used to it at all. Um, and it, it's fantastic because you get a kind of an insight into the experience. And of course, it's her own experience, but you feel as if you're tagging along as well because you're kept in so much of the loop. So um, it, it's brilliant. And, you know, it's it's such a good way of engaging with us, not only Irish fans, but also international fans, because if international fans like you, surely you're going to pick up some votes along the way. Obviously, the song's so important, but if you're keeping kind of tagging along of commenting on this, liking this, making sure that you reply to someone's story, surely it's going to help you when it comes to the night. But, um, you know, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's it, it just shows you how much effort she puts into it, because this has been her life for what a year and a half since kind of from story of my life all the way through the summer on the journey of maps. I know heading into Eurovision it's it's still going so it just shows you how much she cares for the contest so yeah it's it's brilliant and as fans we love it because obviously this never happens before but it's um you know it's it's fantastic absolutely fantastic just give us a little bit of an insight into what you guys as the Irish cousins have have got from Leslie because obviously it's all remote you've been doing all sorts of zoom calls and that sort of stuff I imagine yeah no it kind of it started kind of last year um after the song contest was cancelled um it just came out of that and in, interacting with her and then a few zooms and then on the night of Eurovision last year um after shine a light she did a kind of a dj set 
for her friends and family. We were invited along to that. So we were on Zoom until about half three in the morning. So obviously she was in New York. So we were all across Ireland. And so that was fantastic. And then even in the summer when she was on the journey to find maps and once kind of COVID restrictions had eased down here, we did like a mini outdoor uh, meetup and she FaceTimed us there as well. So she's been in constant kind of contact with us throughout the year. And then in the run up to maps, she uh, Zoomed us the night before to kind of make sure that we were all okay. We were doing okay. She was then in RT practicing and make sure that everything was set for the the first performance. Um, so yeah, it was mental. And then um, on Paddy's night, she did a Zoom with us. So she's been in constant contact with us. And we're, we're so grateful because obviously she's so busy, but she takes these times and to kind of out of her work schedule to to talk to us. Like we're just a couple of Eurovision fans, 50, 50 out of us just random across Ireland. And she's there taking the time out to talk to us. So it's, it's fantastic. And how nice has it been for you guys as you know the Irish cousins as you guys call yourself obviously to to get to know a little bit more about each other as well because as we all know as Eurovision fans on social media you know often we're just Twitter handles we don't know the people behind the handle etc but it's so nice that you guys as an Irish fan community have been able to come together and get to know each other yeah it's it's fantastic and particularly in Ireland like I'm it's kind of the similar situation in the UK with it's not as a cool thing to like as um, if you were in Sweden or anywhere else in Europe. Um, so it's fantastic. And we always say to ourselves that a year, year and a half ago, maybe we didn't know half of these people existed. We always thought we were the minority in, in, in the country. So it's fantastic. And it continues to grow. You continue to see more Irish fans um, kind of joining and coming and going. And yeah, you might not talk all the time, but it's good to kind of keep the keep the kind of conveyor belt going and bring in new fresh faces so and um it 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 kind of revives the brand if you know what i mean like uh, it's it's a long story but rt kind of lives in the past a lot with with eurovision you even saw when they revealed the song they do the trip down memory lane lane with the legends and as brilliant as that is and as fantastic it is to reminisce about our seven wins it was 25 30 years ago it's time to move on this is a completely different beast of a contest and um, it, it, it needs new kind of looking new eyes need to look at it because it's it, it's a completely different contest to what it was so it's it's good that as fans we can kind of start to push that pressure a bit on on RT and particularly on radio stations like I was saying earlier with the campaign we've been hounding them hounding them to play our song but they just won't some will some won't and some will refer to us as puritans and stuff like that so it's 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 quite crazy but um yeah it but it starts from the fans if we put pressure on RT if we push pressure on radio stations change will come it may be slow because there's only 50 out of us but eventually it will kick in and especially with people like Leslie she can help that by putting all this work all this effort into it and that will pay off hard work pays off so I'm sure in May it will pay off for her and we'll, we'll be backing her all the way. And that's that's kind of you know where I want to finish this. I want to finish this by asking, obviously, you've got high hopes for the song in May. I do, I do. And I know a lot of people do. Um, obviously, she's in an incredibly tough semi-final um, and we struggled to kind of pick up votes in, in the semi-final um, anyway. So I think if she gets out of the semi-final, that would be... Uh, a huge huge success but for, to be honest if she finished dead last in the contest I'm sure we would back her all the way as much because this song is so meaningful and you watch reactions on YouTube and you watch people's tops and the one thing that they say is that it hits them hits them in the heart and if that can come across on the stage and she doesn't qualify well who cares because we know that this song is something to be proud of and it's not often you can say that about an Irish song so I, I have high hopes. I think it will probably be our best results in a long time, but I'm biased, but I, I, I do genuinely feel that. Connor, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So a big thanks to Connor for speaking to Rob here on the Eurotrip. It won't be long until we find out if Leslie Roy is indeed one of Ireland's best results in the last few years. Of course, their best result in the last decade or so, really, uh, was 
Ryan O'Shaughnessy in 2018 uh, with, with 16th place because a lot of them, sadly, very recently, haven't made it out of the semi-finals. Yeah, Leslie is in the death semi in Rotterdam, though. It's going to be tricky for her to get through, but it's a great song map. So fingers crossed that she can make it through to the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, if you're interested, seeing as we're all obsessed with the semi-final running order this week, she will be singing before Elena Sangaru for Cyprus and just after North Macedonia. Well, there you go. There's all the facts and stats that you need to know about the semi-finals. Uh, but... We've got loads still to come in this week's episode of the Eurotrip. We've still got, of course, our big interview with Blind Channel. That is still to come as they look ahead to Eurovision 2021. But for now, Rob, is it time for this? It is indeed. This is the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. That's right. The Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. It is time for that again. Uh, If you missed us last week, Rob spoke to a friend of the podcast, Sheila Kammerman, a journalist over in the Netherlands, about what the country is looking like as we gear up for the Eurovision Song Contest in Rotterdam this year. And this week is no different. Well, it is a little bit different because you haven't spoken to Sheila, but somebody else instead. That's right, I have. So the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip is our opportunity to bring you life in this year's Eurovision host city without actually going there. Because, of course, as we all know, we're not going to get to go to Rotterdam this year, whereas we would normally all be flocking when we when we get the opportunity to go to the, the Eurovision host city. So we are acting as your tour guides for this. And I say this every week, we actually aren't acting as your tour guides. The guest is acting as your tour guide. Uh, it was Sheila last week, and this week we are joined by Rita Schremer. Uh, she is another resident of Rotterdam. She is a sociologist, which I think is a fascinating profession. I don't quite know what it means, but it sounds important. So it was great to have Rita on. Yeah, it was. I um, I studied sociology for my A-levels, actually. Um, as you can see, haven't really done a lot with that qualification. And I'm in no better position than you are to figure out exactly what Rita does for a living. Either way, we were delighted that she found time to uh, to speak to me. That's the main thing. We, uh, we we caught up on all sorts of things around life in Rotterdam at the moment. I was able to get another Dutch word from her. Uh, you may remember we learned a little bit of Dutch on the podcast last week. We'll be doing so again, and I'll be absolutely butchering the pronunciation of yet another Dutch word. But I started being the hard-hitting journalist that I am by asking the question that I ask all of our guests. I say that, we've had two so far. On the Eurotrip's Rotterdam road trip, what is that Rotterdam weather looking like right now? It's very bright and sunny at the moment. (laughs) We're very happy to have that weather because it's been really cold and wet and very, very windy. But now it's glorious and it's going to be nice for the next two or three days. Fantastic. Now, last time we spoke to Sheila, when we spoke to her on the podcast last week, uh, she said that you were in the Netherlands about to have a press conference about the the future uh, kind of coronavirus rules in the Netherlands. So what was the outcome of that? What's the situation at the moment? Well, we still have a curfew. The curfew will be uh, slightly belated until sort of 10 o'clock in the evening rather than nine o'clock in the evening. Uh, we're only allowed one visitor a day, but compared to you, maybe that's not so bad because we can have that person in in our house as well. The rate of infection is really quite high at the moment still, and uh, but people are getting a bit fed up with the um, uh, with all the restrictions. But we just have to bear with it a little. One thing, of course, lots of Eurovision fans will want to know the answer to is whether or not there is a good chance of having some sort of an audience in the Ahoy Arena in Rotterdam for for the contest this year. Obviously, there have been test events in the Netherlands, I know, and I think they've they've been going quite well as far as I understand. Yes, that's right. Um, there have been some test events and, and there were some infections, so which is strange because everybody was tested beforehand. But there hasn't been a big outbreak. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, have more of these things that people test before they start. And then hopefully um, things will open up somewhat. And maybe even for the 
the song contest. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. When we spoke to Sheila last week, I was after, and and the purpose of, of our Road to Rotterdam feature is, is, to, is to give us and our listeners a real insight into life in Rotterdam, because unfortunately, you know, we aren't able to visit this year, but maybe when things ease, we will be able to visit and check out the the wonderful city that you have. Now, Sheila told us all about the food of Rotterdam. Now, can you agree with her that the the food selection and variety in Rotterdam is is great? You know, you can get what you want wherever you want, really. Absolutely, I think it's it's excellent because we've got lots of people from different cultures, and therefore, it's lots of different food, different cuisines, and there's a lot of it. And uh, yeah, the choices are excellent, and you know, you're not going to get a bad grub anywhere. <laughs> Now, she told us that her and her family really enjoy a poke bowl. I don't know if you... Yes. What, you, what are your favourites? Well, that's on the menu for tonight, actually, the poke bowl. But uh, I'm making it myself. I'm, I'm a bit more of a cook than she is, I'm afraid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that sort of thing. Uh, I love it. I love all, all different types of food. Indonesian, Indian, Italian, whatever. As Sheila told us last week all about the, the food... What can you tell us about your fine city? Because you told me just before we started recording that you're a bit of a culture vulture. So, you know, what recommendations do you have for our listeners if they were ever to go to Rotterdam? Well, we have got fantastic museums. Really, really good. There's one museum, Boymans von Berningen, and I shall not ask you to repeat that. (laughs) But um, that is a very, very, very good museum. Um, I love it because it's got, like, huge pictures from Dali, but also very some old masters, the very old Dutch paintings with cows and trees, a bit like what you've got in the time of Constable and that sort of thing for, for, for the Netherlands. So it's got a very rich variety of, of um, paintings. So that's that sort of thing I love. I love just going sometimes just for an hour and just go and sit with some lovely paintings. And we also have uh, the Kunsthal, which is the Museum for Modern Art. It's got lots of different things, always very good exhibitions, also um, not just paintings, but also fashion or, or whatever, conceptual stuff. It's really brilliant. So I love my museums. <laughs> and also we have very good uh, theatres with lots of theatre shows and we've got fantastic cinemas. So, yeah, there's plenty to do on that front as well. Now, what might be important if you visit any of those attractions is knowing a bit of Dutch. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, last week, I learned, I think I'm right in saying, uh, a phrase which means, how are you? Which is, I'm going to try it again, who hartet majau? Excellent. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) There's some thumbs up there on the other end of the Zoom call. So that's good. That's good. Uh, What word or phrase, and please, please don't make it too difficult, have you got for us this week? I've got one word, but I can't promise it's not difficult because it's called gezellig. And gezellig means a lot of different things, but it's very important to Dutch people that things are gezellig. So when you're, it means that you're having a good time. Instead of saying in English, you would say, oh, well, thank you for having me. I had a lovely time. You would then say, it was so gezellig. And, Everything has to be gezellig in the Netherlands. So you want to, if you want to have people over, it's gezellig. But also if you're enjoying yourself, like going to the museum or going to the cinema, just tell people that you had a gezellige tijd. And then they will feel very chuffed. <laughs> so there are plenty of, plenty of opportunities to say that word then by the sounds of it. You can use it all day long if you like. <laughs> all right, then. Let, and let... you will please the other person by saying that. Let's finish then with me trying to say it one more time. You, you say it and then I'll, I'll try and do it again. Gezellig. Gezellig. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Rita, thank you so much for chatting. No worries, thank you. Here we go. This is, this is the Euro Trip. Euro Trip. So there we have it. Me becoming fluent in the Dutch language, as I'm sure you are at home on the Euro Trip's Rotterdam Road Trip. So now we can successfully greet somebody and we can now successfully say whether or not something was cool or not. Indeed I imagine many people in the Netherlands would refer to this podcast as, here we go everybody, zellig. It sounds a little (laughs) bit like I'm vomiting doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Imagine if we ever go to Rotterdam that's what's going to happen if uh, if somebody comes up to you they're going to say what to greet you 
That's a great question. I've completely forgotten. Wow. Well, I think we might not bother with this one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we instead do the uh, do the interview with Blind Channel? Yeah, I think we probably should. Oh, Sheila will be devastated that I forgot <laughs> what she taught me last week. I'll have to go back and listen. What did it sound like? Uh, anyway, yes, let's get, let's get into Blind Channel. I need to order myself a Dutch phrase book. I think that's <laughs> that's what I need to do after we finish with the recording. Yeah, you go and do that. I'll get us into Blind Channel. Because, of course, each week from now until the Eurovision Song Contest in Rotterdam, we will be bringing you interviews with some of the artists who are competing this year. Last week, of course, we spoke to Albina, who's representing Croatia. And this week, we are speaking to Blind Channel. Of course, they are representing Finland this year after taking part in UMK, the selection show, just five weeks ago. And that's where I started the conversation, by asking them, have they processed the fact that they've won UMK and are now representing their country at the Eurovision Song Contest? A little bit, but not too much. Like, we've been pretty busy, like, preparing for the for the main main event. So, so there hasn't been really time to process it that much or that's how i feel but but i think we'll process it maybe after it's over <laughs> uh joel what about you you're, you're sitting there very quiet have you managed to come to terms with it at all well yeah it's a real deal we're trying to figure it out and uh the semi-final is getting closer and closer so yeah i'm kind of excited about that and also kind of excited i'm not sure which one but <laughs> i feel it's gonna be a great trip to rotterdam and it's gonna be a great show we have a good plan for that so yeah it's gonna be great presumably at the moment life isn't just very normal you've still got a lot to work a lot of work to do you still got a few weeks to go until the contest so give us an idea about what your life is looking like right now we're we're at work, we're, we're doing a lot of work like we did before the UMK and now we just have to do that like on a whole another scale. Like we're preparing for the, we're preparing for the show and we're also doing other stuff. Like we try to think what's happened, what's gonna happen after the Eurovision and stuff like that. We have a big career to make here. So, so we're just keep keeping ourselves busy with the Eurovision of course, but with all the other, other things going on as well. So yeah. If we feel extremely lucky that that we have so much to do like that's not that's the situation is not the same with every artist out there nico when you spoke to rob the my other presenter here on the podcast you said that 2020 was meant to be a big year for blind channel you released your new album but then of course lockdown happened and you couldn't go touring you couldn't do any live gigs is it safe to say then 2021 is is the new big year for you guys you've obviously got Eurovision coming up but this is going to be the big one for you. Fucking seems so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of turned out really good that, that the pandemic happened. So actually, we have to thank coronavirus for this because um, we would have never participated in UMK without this. It was like the only chance we had was to go to UMK or wait for the pandemic to pass over. So we didn't have any any other chances for for the situation. Yeah, and we never would have thought about the UMK or the Eurovision like without without this pandemic. Like we never thought about before, but when everything else was taken away, that was like the only 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 reasonable option. Did you think you could win UMK when you ended, or was it just a case you wanted to get yourselves out there a bit more? Well, of For course sure, we, we wanted to get get, it, get us out there, but but like we don't we don't join competitions like just to have fun like yeah. we actually we dislike dislike bands and people who join competitions and are like i don't i don't even want to win i just want to have a good time like fuck you go home like if you're in a competition you have to like you have to you have to have the attitude that you're gonna win this and we had that attitude from the beginning and it worked it really did work. I mean, I was looking at some of the, the stats about the voting. You guys probably know this better than me, but you got more than 50% of the televote over in Finland and you got a hell of a lot of jury points as well. You really seemed to get that song across to the to the audience in Finland, didn't you? Yeah, it was number one, like back in three weeks ago or four or something like that. And, and it's still on the Spotify top 10 in Finland and it's streaming like 70,000 per day. 
and it's also on YouTube. It's going really high. So yeah, it kind of turned out pretty well. It, be- it became a pop hit here in, in when Finland. we broke. When we wrote Dark Side, we were like we we felt like people need a song like that. Like when like 2020 was hard for everyone, and we felt like people don't want to listen to songs about love and hope and stuff like that. People need a song to scream to, a, a song to throw their middle fingers up to, and that's when that's what we thought when we wrote Dark Side. And I think I think the not the amount of votes we got just proved that we were right. Put your middle fingers up, take a shot, throw it up and don't stop Leave me now, I call the dark side Like a pretty still club headshot, we don't want to grow up And I think it's safe to say as well that people in Finland just love rock music as well because Finland seemed to quite often send a rock band of some sort to the Eurovision Song Contest. You know, you think of Lordi, are the are the big ones that come to mind. But I think, including you guys, another five times since then that a rock song from Finland has gone to the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, I think it's a it's a DNA for for Finland kind of musical heritage here, and I think it worked out. But if you think about backwards, um, there hasn't been for many many years a rock band and and not, not a heavy music. So it's kind of it's kind of fresh start for us doing a heavier music in in Eurovision and also in general in music business. Now going back to how busy your lives are at the moment, uh, I guess one of the most recent things you've done since winning UMK is filming the the live on tape backup performance, which may be used, may not be used for the for the Eurovision Song Contest itself. Can you give us an idea of what that performance was like? Is that does that look similar to what your performance at UMK looked like? Full of energy, full of fireworks, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, the the basics are gonna be the basics are definitely the same. Like what we loved about the UMK show was that there was not like the, all the energy was coming from us, and it looked pretty pretty much like we look when we play live. We didn't have we didn't need any any funny hats or any funny stuff on stage it was just us doing what we do and we loved that so the basics are definitely going to be the same what we loved was the pyrotechnics and the bombs going like not only because it looks good on the tv screen but because the way it feels on stage there's this sense of sense of danger and fear of death and i think it just pushes us to perform harder so that's what we that's what we love love about the show you said earlier on that you guys as the band as blind channel don't go into a competition if you don't want to win so presumably now you've got umk under your belt you've won that surely your minds are now focused on winning the eurovision song contest itself you're not just going there for a good time yeah for sure we're aiming for the win but we have to be more realistic with the competition to think about there is a a lot of more countries and um it's it's really tough competition but for me i'm not disappointed if we got to the top 10 in finals that would be a great thing for us but for sure we're aiming for the win let's see what happens we're not that hard with the winning that we were in umk because then we kind of had to win that was the only option we had i don't know if you guys have seen this but earlier today as we um on the day that we're recording this the the semi-final running order has come out so now we know exactly where you're going to be performing yeah. have you seen which song is before you have you seen which song is after you yeah i i checked them out it was bulgaria before us and after that after us it was i don't remember about some softer song latvia is after you samantha tina is performing after you yeah so so we're we're kind of on the hot spot there is a ballad songs and we're on the we're on the middle so it's a good form one for us yeah, I was going to say, so yeah. you guys have looked at that and thought, we've got a really good position there to to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, so, yeah. So. Let's hope the best. Absolutely. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people rooting for you guys in, in Rotterdam. You've got, a, you've got a very good place in the semi-final, I must say. Rotterdam this year is going to look very different uh, for a Eurovision Song Contest because at the moment we still don't know if there's going to be fans there in the arena. You did UMK without a crowd, without an audience as well. Is that going to be, uh, is that going to impact on your performance at all? Because I guess for you guys, you would thrive off of a live audience in front of you. 
Yeah, but we don't see it impacting us like too hard. Of course, we love the audience. The live shows are all about interacting directly with the audience. But when you know that there are 200 million people watching you on TV, you kind of you kind of get that energy somewhere. And basically, what we're saying is that show us a stage where to play, and we'll go and play. Another thing about Rotterdam is the fact that you're gonna have to spend a lot of time in a hotel room when you're not at the arena, when you're not on stage. Have you thought about that? Is that gonna, are you, are you taking some things to entertain yourselves with? Are you gonna be able to pass the time well enough when you're not on stage and rehearsing? We're gonna make an album. Yeah. You're gonna make an album while you're, while you're waiting around? Yeah, why not? That is a good idea. I was gonna suggest, I don't know, taking some video games or a, a deck of playing cards, but clearly you guys have got a much better idea than I have. Yeah, it's a waste of time. We need to work. That's why I'm not a musician then, isn't it? If I was a musician, I wouldn't, I wouldn't last very long, would I? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> you've sort of touched on it already about what your hopes are. I think I get a good impression that you think you've got a good chance of coming out of the semifinals and qualifying to the grand final. Um, you sort of mentioned a top 10 finish in the grand final would be would be achievable is that what the aim is then for this year yeah definitely like our, our attitude is the same as it was in the umk bar we also like we make no compromises like the most important thing win or lose we don't really care care about that but we have to be ourselves it has to be 100 percent blind channel we're showing to everyone mm-hmm. and that's when that's the way we're gonna get the most make the most of this competition if we just go, if we just can deliver everything in our own way, then win or lose, it doesn't really matter if we just pull off a great show. You will, of course, be wanting people to vote for you. You will be wanting right. to win, of course. Have you got a message for all of your fans across Europe who you will want to be voting for Blind Channel and Dark Side this year at the Eurovision Song Contest? Yeah, we got we got a lot of fans in Europe and and also the fan pages like in every country. So yeah, it's it's kind of growing all the time, and that's awesome. We really love our fans. Yeah, join the dark side, guys. <laughs> the party's better up in here. Drinks on blind channel. Let's do this. Well, I don't know about you, but before today, I never considered joining the dark side until Nico from Blind Channel promised me a free drink. I am well on board for that. What's your uh, order of choice? What are you going to pop in there with the Blind Channel boys to get you from the bar? Well, if they're going to just get you anything and you don't have to pay a penny, then you might as well just go big, mightn't you? Just buy an... Oh, I was going to say buy. I don't have to buy. You've got to buy me an entire bottle of champagne. Bottle of champagne you go for? i tell you what I've been having a right old craving for recently. Go on. A woo-woo. Do you remember a woo-woo? <laughs> I've heard of one. It doesn't sound like something that you'd have, to be honest. I oh, love me a fruity cocktail. Love me a little woo-woo. Woo-woo, sex on the beach, a purple rain. I don't mind. Any of oh. them. Well, there you go. A strawberry daiquiri. I'm, I'm quite fond of one of those. How very decadent. Mm, indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to ask what your choice would be. You've given me a very long list of drinks you would choose if you joined the dark side. Very nice of Blind Channel to join us. Indeed. Incidentally, I don't think you'd ever get uh, Blind Channel sipping on a strawberry daiquiri. Doesn't, <laughs> d- doesn't quite go with the look, does it? It doesn't, you know, jumping around on stage with that uh, with that heavy metal music. Yeah, quite. Although, you know, just to show the range that we have here on this podcast, you couldn't get two more contrasting artists, could you? Albina from Croatia last week, Blind Channel from Finland this week. Who knows who'll be joining us next week? I do. I know. Yeah, you've ruined it now. I was going to say we do, but you've now jumped in. <laughs> so, yes, obviously we know who's joining us next week. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned because... Uh, potential winner but now we've almost almost reached the end of this week's podcast uh, there's only one more thing for us left to do that's right it is the one second song and i appreciate we sound like a broken record every single week but we're gonna tell you anyway what this part of the podcast is all about because who knows maybe you are like marco you are a new listener to this here podcast and if you are Thank you very much for joining us. The One Second Song is our opportunity to guess a Eurovision song from, you guessed it, the first second. Uh, There are four points on offer. We are after the artist, the song title, the year, 
and the country. Now, last week, James, you got four out of four. Jessica Garlic for the United Kingdom with Comeback from 2002, uh, which means it's me this week, isn't it? Absolutely. It is you guessing, but me choosing. So I've chosen a song and I'm about to play it for you and you listening at home. So for the first time this week, here is this week's One Second Song. I raise my eyebrow at you because I believe that I've got it once again this week. That's a shame. We always like it when you don't know what it is, but it sounds like you're very, very confident. Very, very confident indeed. I remember this contest very well, mainly because uh, young me was desperate to watch the contest with my parents. Uh, my parents, safe to say, not huge fans of the Eurovision Song Contest, as I think it's safe to say for uh, for that generation of, uh, of UK Eurovision uh, potential viewer. Uh, yeah, le- less of a fan. But I really wanted them to watch this contest with me because I'd only recently discovered Eurovision and I thought, this is going to be an amazing thing. Please, can we watch? Anyway, I ended up winning out and getting the rights to the TV. So I was able to watch Eurovision, but they both decided to go out and do some gardening instead. <laughs> It could be very embarrassing if this isn't the year that you're thinking of. Very quickly, gardening at 8pm. Yeah, well, it's in May, isn't it? It's mid-May, so it's Mm. a little little bit light out there. That's just how much they didn't want to watch Eurovision. (laughs) They were out there in the dark. (laughs) Oh, Anyway, uh, just to give you a second chance at home, here is the one-second song again. All right, then. I'm going to go for it. Four points on offer. Uh, My offering to you as my answer this week is 2007, Finland, see what you've done there, Uh, I'm not entirely convinced as to her uh, surname, but I think she was called Hannah Parkinen, something like that, and the song was called Leave Me Alone. Well, you did sound confident, and rightly so, four points in the bag. So as Rob says, that was indeed Finland from 2007. The year, of course, they hosted for the only time so far the contest that we all know and love. It was Hannah. Uh, you were close enough with the surname, but I think she was just credited as Hannah. I seem to remember. I might be wrong. If that's the case, that would have made that significantly easier. Yeah, it would have done. But uh, I was very lenient and I've given you the four points anyway. So congratulations to you. Well done to you at home as well, if you got it right. If you didn't get it right, it's not a congratulations from me. Yeah, thank you very much. The 2007 contest, one of my faves. I feel like I say that most weeks. But uh, I was a big fan. Big fan especially. And this came up on one of our one of our hallowed quiz nights, didn't it, the other week, uh, of the semi-final of the Eurovision Song Contest in 2007. Uh, 2007, of course, the last year of one semi-final, uh, which meant that, ev- I mean, every song under the sun was in the semi-final. The semi-final was longer than the final. I think, was it 29 countries in the oh, semi-final? Oh, close. 28 of them in the semi-final alone. I mean, I-, I wasn't a fan back then. You were. How long did that show go on for? I think it was it was almost Eurovision grand final length. I think it, it finished just before 11 p.m., from what I remember. Yeah, wow, it was a big semi-final. 18 songs in that show alone didn't advance to the grand final of Eurovision. It was a big year, big turning point. Indeed, it, I was going to say, including one of this year's hosts. She didn't make it through either. What a travesty. But I think her song back in the 90s was one of your favourite Eurovision songs ever. Indeed, her entry from uh, 1998 finished in fourth. Love it. As does, as does this year's exec producer, Seetza Baka. So I'm tweeting about that the other day. You know Seetza, friend of the show. Thought I'd mention him. Friend of the podcast. He may well, we hope at least, make a return to the podcast uh, before the contest itself to give us, and most importantly, you listening at home, a bit of an insight into what's going on as we get closer and closer to Rotterdam 2021. 
That's right. But for this week, at least, it is time for us to say goodbye. Thank you very much to all of you for listening. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us. Thank you to the guys from Blind Channel. Thank you very much to Connor, or ESC Connor, to give him his official name. It just feels wrong calling him Connor. And also thank you to Rita from Rotterdam, which is a lovely bit of alliteration to end the podcast. It certainly is. And let's just make it clear, once and for all, uh, we don't have a bonus episode for you this week. I think this might actually be the first time since January that we only do one episode a week. Don't don't promise what you can't deliver. <laughs> Who knows what might happen? <laughs> Our inbox is often popping off, so if something pops in there, you never know what might happen. But the place to find out what is going on is, of course, on Twitter. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. You can send all your comments there as well. But until we are back, maybe on Wednesday, maybe beforehand, we will soon see. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James... It's goodbye. And from me, Rob, before I say goodbye, thanks to whoever gave us a five-star review the other day. Really appreciate that. And also, if you want in on the sweepstake, then please do get in touch. Hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Goodbye. That one, you know that one you used last week, Eric? It's like... This is the Eurotrip. Eurotrip. Mm. I don't have that. Okay. Just so you know. I'll pop it over. Thanks. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.